Welcome back. You are listening to Nate the Hate on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcast. Be sure to like the video and subscribe if you haven't already and ring that notification bell in the upper right corner so you're notified each time we have a brand new episode go live on YouTube. And I'd like to welcome my co-host, Modern Vintage Gamer. What's up, Nate? Great to be here and uh, happy new year. Yes, and a happy new year to you as well and to everyone listening. This is the first episode of 2022. And what better way to start the new year of Nate the Hate than with a predictions episode for everyone's favorite console that could, the Nintendo Switch. And I'd like to dedicate this episode to Shamsa and the Zelda Sensei, both of whom generously donated $100 to support the channel. And if you would like to support the channel, we have a Streamlabs link in the description below. Donate any dollar amount. Ask a question. We will answer it at the end of the episode. Donate $100 or more, and we will dedicate the episode to you. And today's episode is dedicated to Shamsa and the Zelda Sensei. And we have to say cheers to 2022 and resolutions you can actually keep. How about having clean and shiny balls all year round? Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to save your balls this year and make the ball drop into 2022 the cleanest and sexiest ever. Set your first New Year's resolution with good intentions and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code NATETHEHATE for 20% off and free shipping. And MVG, how have you started your new year? Well, Nate, it's a new year and it's a new me. And this year, I'm going to take uh, the package to the next level with the Performance Package 4.0 and the brand new Ultra Premium Body Wash. Now, inside the Performance Package 4.0, you will find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. The advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts, and it comes equipped with a 4,000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2022 looks to be. A grooming routine isn't complete without applying the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver before showing off your 2022 self. And these unique formulations take care of the smelliest part of your body and are a big boost to your confidence into the new year. And to complete the set, Manscaped will throw in their shared travel bag and anti-chafing boxer briefs as free gifts to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. So Nate, why don't you let the fine listeners know once again where they can get a hold of this amazing deal. That's right. Now, whether your resolution is to work out more, travel, and see new places, be sure to travel to manscaped.com for our exclusive offer of 20% off and free shipping with the code NATETHEHATE. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code NATETHEHATE. That's one word, NATETHEHATE at manscaped.com. Once again, 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Dot com and use the code Nate the Hate. It's New Year, no pubes in 2022 with Manscaped. And now we're going to talk some predictions, not pubes, when it comes to Nintendo in 2022. And when you look at Nintendo's lineup for 2022, they're starting off the year fairly strong with the release of Pokemon Legends Arceus. And this is a title that we have seen Nintendo ramp up their marketing materials on in the last couple of weeks, especially on Twitter, with new trailers and new information. But it's still kind of a title that, in my view, is shrouded in secrecy. We really don't know that much about the gameplay loop. True. But 
it's still it's Pokemon. This is the Pokemon that Pokemon fans of an older generation have been dreaming of for years. You have this big open world. We get to see the Pokemon actually hit each other in combat. And in one of the recently released trailers, the player gets attacked by a very fast moving Snorlax. And it was actually kind of horrifying. But this is a big release to start the year for Nintendo and the Nintendo Switch. And that momentum really continues with the platform moving forward as we're anticipating that Kirby and the Forgotten Land will launch before Nintendo's fiscal year concludes at the end of March. And this is a brand new revolutionary take on the Kirby franchise with the shift to 3D. And it is definitely one of my most anticipated titles for the early half of 2022. Nate, I have a question about Kirby. Should we be concerned that it hasn't been dated yet? Or do you think it's just kind of normal Nintendo business? Normal Nintendo business. I mean, this is a company who isn't afraid to date a game four weeks Mm. or less from a retail release. And I mean, we know it's coming in spring. And, you know, if we want to take that as a literal window, we can get it at the end of March. Or if we want to take it as a little more loosey-goosey, I guess we could take it as the meteorological start of spring, which would be March 1st, which I have my doubts that Nintendo is using. But any time between second half of March and May is the expectation for this release. And the fact that, you know, we're in January, we know how Nintendo likes to handle their releases. They really want to push Pokemon Arceus right now. We'll probably hit that first half of February and Nintendo will date Kirby. My expectation is that it will come at the end of March because they want to have that, probably, you know, that big first party release to really end their fiscal year. But at the same time, when you look at March, we know that they are doing third party collaborations with publishing deals like Triangle Strategy, Mm -hmm. as well as Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. And they also have the Chocobo Racing. When is Grand Theft Auto Physical supposed to be coming, by the way? (laughs) That does not have a release date yet. (laughs) Hopefully they'll fix all the issues before they commit to a physical yeah, I imagine that is their plan at this point, right. is that they're trying to patch everything and release it in the state that the game should have when it came to digital platforms in December. But Nintendo's first half of 2022 looked strong when we looked at announced and confirmed games for 2022. As we already mentioned, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, and Splatoon 3 are all expected to be coming out within the first three to five months of the year. Splatoon 3, likely one of those late spring, early summer releases, which we have seen from the franchise repeatedly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a game that we will likely see more of following the first direct of the year. Maybe we get a global, what are they called? Global fire, splat fire, beta test. Yep. Probably in the, you know, around April or May, depending on when the game does come to market. And then we have the triangle strategy coming from Square Enix and Nintendo's own strategy game with Advanced Wars developed by WayForward. Right now it is undated officially, but we did have an eShop leak and some retailers in Europe are indicating that it will come out in early April. And, you know, that sounds like a fine time window to bring that type of product to the market. And 
keep in mind it was supposed to come out in December. It was delayed. And, you know, a five-month delay likely benefited the game in a meaningful way. I think so. I mean, you know, that extra time just to really polish up the game and get it get it really um you know, playing well and everything is is mm-hmm. always important. And I think a game like that, Advance Wars 1 and 2, probably has a lot of QA that needs to happen, you know, because there's so many different permutations to play that game. So, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, I think taking that extra time really would will help that release. And, look, I would say Advance Wars 1 and 2 is one of the highlights for me this year. There's there's a couple couple of others, but... I think that's probably at least in the first part of this year is the game that I'm most interested in taking a look at. Yeah, I have fond memories to the Game Boy Advance originals. And while the visuals of these Switch version kind of has me, I don't want to say concerned, it doesn't have me as attracted to the game as the GBA original just due to that lack of pixel look. Mm -hmm. I know the gameplay is going to be engrossing and addicting. I will say and- that the graphics have grown on me. Like initially I was not really big on the toy soldier kind of mm-hmm. 3D models that they were using. And um it's I've I've taken a look at the game play a few times since then or trailers and stuff and compared it to the original and I can see what they're do- what they're going for, and um, I- I'm I'm kind of okay with it. I mean, you know, final decisions, of course, when I actually get to play the game when it comes out. But um, it's grown on me. I think the graphical style over time is getting better for me. Yeah, I can see the direction that they were trying to go in. It's just it was that too clean of a look right. that kind of turned me off from it. But you know, we really haven't seen the game since last year so if the first direct can come out and they can just show a little dirt on those tanks or those uniforms a little grit yeah it could really capture that pixel look a little better in my view and you know this is this is a franchise that a lot of current gamer have not played because the last advanced wars was on the ds with days of ruin and it was a game that bombed horrendously it's a terrible selling game and the game itself wasn't that bad but the GBA originals are a really special product, and it's nice to see it come to the Switch and for a new generation of gamer to experience it because the gameplay is sublime. This is a very fun grid-based tactical war game, and you know I look forward to WayForward's take on it. And I hope to hear some remixes of that fabulous soundtrack. So if the game does come out in April, that's a good way for Nintendo to begin their fiscal year with a nice casual mass appeal title yeah for sure so just real quick on arceus i want to ask you this Uh i get the feeling that arceus is going to be more of a monster hunter style game yes i agree with you i 100 percent agree with you on that in my view of how the trailers and the information that have become public it feels as though it is going to have that gameplay loop similar to a monster hunter game And that's why whenever I see sales expectations for Arceus come up, I feel as though people are radically overestimating the appeal of this game. This isn't a title that's trying to appeal to that casual crowd. The casual Pokemon fan had the remakes in November of Diamond and Pearl. That's the title they are playing that they are enjoying right now. This is that 
more core mm-hmm. Pokemon fan. It's going for something different. And I think it's going to sell well, but I've seen people put out forecasts where they're expecting this title to sell 25 million copies. Oof. I'm coming in something far more conservative of sales more in line with Let's Go. I right. think this is a 13 to maybe a 15 million seller, which by no means is that you know poor. That is an incredibly strong product for Nintendo. I simply do not see it having that mass appeal that we've seen what's you know like sword and shield and getting a 20 million selling product here but i think that core group with the gameplay loop similar to monster hunter is really going to create a product that older fans like you and myself will be able to enjoy with a pokemon game because i played sword and shield and i just felt as though it's still it has that quality loop but I want something new from Pokemon, and I think this is the title that I have been waiting for since I was 13. Yeah, it looks really good. The previews um, have mm-hmm. got me quite interested. I don't know if it's just well-curated previews right now, but the graphics seem like they've been improved as well. But again, you know, all that remains to be seen when we mm-hmm. finally get our hands on the game. But yeah, I'm I'm on board with with Arceus. I think it's, it's going to be... Um, a really great game and I can't wait for it to come out. I'm going to definitely pick it up. Yes. I mean, it comes out in just a couple of weeks. weeks. Yep. And I mean, I think that's just a really good way for Nintendo to begin the year with such a major release that really has potential to evolve the Pokemon franchise. And then for evolution, as we mentioned, Kirby and the forgotten land, another highly ambitious title coming from Nintendo and one that fans are hyped for. And, Hopefully, we get the confirmed release date in just a couple of weeks. Then we have Triangle Strategy. Mm-hmm. We've played the demo of this last year. They have since tweaked it. I love the demo. I like the challenge that it had conveyed. I love the visual styling that the game has. So it's definitely one of those titles I'm looking forward to a lot this year. Same. I I, uh, I love the demo. I think the only thing I don't like about this game is the name. I felt like they should have changed it. Why do they? Why, why do they call it Triangle Strategy? I thought that was like the the name that they gave it when they couldn't figure out a name for the game. You know. Yeah, you definitely would have thought they would have gone something a little more creative. But in classic Square Enix naming, they came with this nonsensical. Yeah duo of words that really <laughs> really doesn't mean anything it's yeah triangle strategy like yeah I, I guess it's the triangle of actual strategy you know like rock beats paper paper right. covers rock but i think he can kind of convey it a little better than being that blatant with triangle strategy oh uh, square what are we going to do with you and now, some of the other games that are confirmed, I use air quotes for that because confirmed when it comes to releases for games, especially long-term games, it's never actually confirmed. It's just a expected window. Also includes Bayonetta 3. And this is a title I do anticipate Nintendo is doing everything they can with Platinum to make sure the game does come out in time for this holiday. Yes, I agree with you. I think this is a game that, you know, we've talked about before on, on previous episodes, even, you know, spanning like two years ago when we, we started started up. Um, mm-hmm. This game is, it has to come out this year. 
And when I say that, I mean, look, nothing is ever in set in stone, but I feel like yeah, you're right. Nintendo is working very, very closely with Platinum to ensure that this game not only comes out this year, but is at a high level of quality, which I think it will be. I uh, I think the game will be will be great, and um, yeah, I th- I think um, Bayonetta three will be a big game this year for for Platinum. Yes, it's definitely one of those titles. I think Nintendo, they know fans are kind of tired of waiting. This was a title they announced at the end of 2017. We didn't see another look at the game until 2021. It's been a very long wait. You can't come out in 2021 say 2022 and then come into 2022 and announce it's been delayed to 2023 right you're kind of pushing fans patience a bit there so i think they're confident in 2022 otherwise they would not have put that date at the end of the trailer yep but then that brings us to breath of the wild 2 they around the game awards they put out a quick trailer showing some of those 2022 games many that we've already mentioned and Breath of the Wild 2 was in that trailer. Now, that was taken to mean that Nintendo is confident that the title will make 2022. What was the exact How- wording? Because it says, it said like, I need, I need to know what the exact wording was because it was like, and coming, uh, anticipate, ant- no, it wasn't anticipate. I, I got to find out what it said because it wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> set in stone, was it? It was like, we're like, we're, hopeful that it's going to come out in 2022 you know yeah when they showed out at e3 they were targeting 2022 now you can definitely look at that verbiage and say that's not committal i'm pulling it up now we're hoping we get 2022 right now i mean this is one of those cases where it's kind of like bayonetta 3 I think they need the title in 2022. I think they need the title in 2022, but I'm going to push back a little bit and say that I don't think Breath of the Wild 2 is a 2022 game. See, I partly agree with you for one reason, and it's it gets a little ahead of ourselves here, but we know the Mario movie comes out. Mm-hmm. For holiday 2022 so you definitely want that big brand new 3d mario game in time for the holiday and if you have that do you need breath of the wild 2 a month later or can you survive on mario alone and when i think about it that way you don't need breath of the wild 2 this year if you have a big mario game to launch coincided with the film right it's just easy marketing a lot of excitement Kids go to the movie. They may not have a Switch. You go to the store after the movie, buy a Switch, buy the new Mario game. It's a one-two punch. You don't need Breath of the Wild 2 there for that, for that maximum impact. Breath of the Wild 2 can then wait to the Q4 for Nintendo's fiscal year, which would be January through March of 2023. That's my only hesitation at this point. And, you know, it's definitely a case of we saw Breath of the Wild 2 at E3. The trailer showed some of the gameplay concepts and the direction that they want to take the game. The game was not shown at the Game Awards, despite a lot of people expecting that it would. We didn't. Mm-hmm. When we did our predictions, we did not anticipate to see Breath of the Wild 2, largely because of the verbiage that Nintendo had used back at E3. They were very open and loose about when we're going to see the game again. They simply said, 
we'll see it again in the coming months, which really implied you'll probably see it again before E3 2022, which yeah, really you know amounts to nothing. Maybe we see it for the first Direct of 2022. Maybe we don't see it again until Nintendo's June 2022 Direct. But right now, it just feels... I feel like the game could go either way. It really depends on how far in development and what the current state of the game is. Right. I think, I mean, look, this is a game that we're probably not really going to know its true um, form as far as where it currently is right now. But Mm -hmm. I just felt like during the direct when they showed the trailer, I just felt like there was some hesitation that it was coming out in 2022. It was like they were hopeful that it was going to come out. You know, they're anticipating that it would come out, but they they mm-hmm. left the door open for it may slip. And I think that's yes. a different message than, say, Bayonetta, where it's like, no, Bayonetta is definitely coming out in 2022. No matter what, we're going to make sure the game comes out. This one was more along, along the lines of we're – we're hopeful where things are progressing really well. And it reminds, kind of reminds me of horizon forbidden West when, you know, Sony had Uh said the same thing. I just kind of got the feeling it's like, well, if you're kind of giving pause to this, then, you know, you'll, you're kind of leaving the window open that it may slip. And I just kind of feel like it may end up just slipping out of 2022, Nate. And that's and that's just me speculating. I I have right. no idea. I just kind of felt like if this was a lock, then they needed to tell us that it was a lock, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. So I think you know the the door is open for a delay. Not not necessarily a delay because I mean there's no date, so you can't delay a game that's hasn't been dated. But <laughs> to get pushed out out of this year, maybe into you know 2023 right. next year. I mean, and that's the thing with the coming year. I mean, as we talk about something like, you know, our predictions and anticipations for the year coming up that let's see, you know what, when we get closer to the end and we kind of flesh out what we're anticipating over the next 12 months, we'll revisit the Breath of the Wild 2 and 2022 topic to see if they really need it mm-hmm. or if there's that space in the lineup or if we have kind of packed the year to the point of they don't need that game. I see last year there was some gaps, right? Um Yes. I feel like this year, even if Breath of the Wild 2 doesn't make it, I feel like they have enough, and we're going to talk about some some more releases here, where I feel like they have a pretty stacked lineup of games anyway. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like it's going to be like last year where, you know, there was there was a period there that it was, things were kind of low for a while, you know. Right. And like, I mean, let's start with just the first half of the year. We have Pokemon Arceus in January. It doesn't appear to be any significant release for the month of February. But Arceus is kind of the end of January, so we can kind of say that's an early February title too, just for the sake of the discussion. Mm -hmm. March, we have Triangle Strategy, we have Chocobo Racing, and we're anticipating that Kirby and the Forgotten Land makes it in March. So those are two big releases in a three-month span. Now we're going into April. And Advanced War should release. Big release. Now, there's a possibility that May, we don't see a major release. 
But then we're going into June, and we'll say that June-July window is going to be occupied by Splatoon 3. A significant release for the, you know, for the Switch. Yeah. Now, there is a lot of public rumor talking about a casual game that will come out this spring. And that information is accurate. So this is likely would be slotted in either towards the second half of April or maybe the first half of May. And it's really not a game that people should get too excited about. It's going to be one of those things that comes out. People are going to say, what and why? And some people will buy it. They'll have their fun with it. it it'll sell probably more copies than it should. And <laughs> it's just one of those. It's one of those things that Nintendo has on their bingo card when it comes to their, their release lineup of they have to just put something in. So that's the first, we'll say, five to six months of the year. We have at least almost one game a month. Yeah. Some cases, two or three. So the first half of the year feels pretty loaded. It's pretty stacked. In terms, yeah. In terms of flow, not necessarily major releases, but it seems as though every other month there's a meaningful release. So from Arceus to Kirby, from Kirby to Splatoon 3. Mm-hmm. That's a nice flow. That's a lot of momentum. Now, once we get that first direct, that's going to be where things really take off in terms of fleshing out the year. and. When it comes time for the first Direct, Nintendo will likely detail a little beyond the first half of the year. They'll probably go to about August. And that's where we're going to see the possibility of games like Metroid Prime HD Remaster making their first appearance. But it's all, that's also a game that could easily wait till E3. It all comes down to timing of when Nintendo wants to bring the game to market. My understanding is that Metroid Prime Remaster will come to market in the second half of 2022. So do you announce it in February or at the first direct of the year, or do you wait until E3? And it really depends on the lineup that they have planned for 2022, because you're not going to go into their E3 direct with Breath of the Wild 2, Metroid Prime HD remaster, and a new 3D Mario. Right. You could. That's the trinity of Nintendo games. Mm -hmm. That's a lot for a single direct. It's kind of overkill for a single direct when you really think about it. But it's also not out of the realm of possibility. So that's like that's one of those titles that will come in 2022. It's in my opinion, it's a fairly big release. A remastered version of Metroid Prime one. Uh, I mean, we've been waiting for this for a long time. I mean, it's not Bayonetta three levels of of expectation waiting around, but you know Metroid Prime 4 is still nowhere on the list, right? So and I don't I don't <laughs> feel like Metroid Prime 4 is is a 2022 thing. Um so Prime HD remaster is, is something that I think a lot of people are, are waiting for. Uh-huh. Look, you know, Dread did very well last year. Um this will be the Switch's first foray into a 3D Metroid. Yeah, I mean there's definitely a lot of anticipation and excitement around this. And yeah, I think timing wise, Nate, you're probably right that it will be in the second half of this year, probably announced during the E3 direct. I don't think it's going to be announced in February. Um, you, you know, we have to wait, you know, eight, eight mm-hmm. months for it to come out. I think, I think <laughs> E3 direct sounds about right to announce the HD remaster of Metroid prime, which I personally, again, I think it's, 
one of the highlights for me that I'm, I'm uh, um, you know, very much interested in taking a look at on the Switch as well. Yeah, I mean, Nintendo definitely wants to position it as a major release this year. It is the 20th anniversary since the original release on the GameCube. And as you mentioned with Metroid Dread, there's definitely some momentum in Metroid sales right now. So it's a good time to capitalize on that by going back to Prime 1, a title that is considered by many one of the best games of all time. And, you know, I could definitely see Nintendo try to position it as a headliner for their holiday season. And that would be something that we revisit towards the end of this episode. And another title that I am anticipating that will be announced and released this year potentially maybe it slides into early 2023 for a release, but I still expect that it will be announced this year is monoliths Xenoblade Chronicles three. Now I have said this in the past on previous episodes that the plan with Xenoblade Chronicles three was that monolith and Nintendo wanted to announce it in early 2021. That didn't happen because the game was having optimization issues. And it had other development problems with COVID, et cetera. But they wanted to release the game towards the end of 2022. My expectation at this point is that all of their plans were essentially delayed a full year. So I think it gets announced in the first half of the year and then releases in December of 2022, which would have mirrored what their plans were for 2021. I cannot dismiss the possibility that it maybe falls into 2023, depending on how well the optimization and development problems were overcome in recent months. And development isn't just as simple as we lost three months of development time due to this bug. Mm -hmm. Three months of development time lost due to an issue could push a release back six months. Oh, yeah. I mean, without knowing exactly what's going on, I mean... You know, if there is, if well, if there was kind of deep rooted optimization issues, Uh then it's possible that parts of the game had to be rewritten to address those things, which means, yeah, some significant time needed to be taken. So, yes, I mean, I think that definitely tracks with what you're saying. And look, it's like for me, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is a game that. Yeah, you're right. Could easily just slip out of this year into next year, but I I, I would say that um, I think it's got a better chance of 2022 than Breath of the Wild two does. Nate, in fact, I just went back wow. and looked at An- Anuma's uh, quote because I wanted to make sure I, I had my info correct. He says we're aiming for a 2022 release. So, mm. I mean, look, that's that's still very positive, and it's probably something that they want to get get done but um i i think going back to xenoblade chronicles it's probably going to make it this year unless you're right unless there's there's kind of deep-rooted optimization that they've had to do and and they've really you know spent months just kind of reworking the code to, to make it run properly on on switch hardware other than that you know i'm hopeful that they have gotten past all that stuff and now we're kind mm-hmm. of you know in the process of QAing the game and fixing bugs and starting to button it up for uh, a release and everything like that. Yes. Now, with Nintendo opening the year with a Pokemon, what would you say the odds are that we have another Pokemon to conclude 2022? 
Uh, I think pretty good, but the question is, what will it be? You know, will we get like a Gen Nine game, or will we get something else? <laughs> I, I think, I think it'll, you know, a good Pokemon kind of twenty twenty two bookending the year with the start and end of the year. Um, I think it's, yeah, I, I can, I can definitely see it. Um, but it's hard to really know what they'll give us at the end of the year. See, it's one of those things that I kind of. I wrestle with in my mind because I could see them release kind of like a complete edition of Pokemon Arceus, if you will. Like let's say it has DLC Mm -hmm. and you release that as a retail package at the end of the year as your holiday Pokemon. But at the same time, I think you're not going to get gen nine this year. That is probably 2023 at the earliest. I would, I could, I could see them revisit the let's go line of Pokemon games. Yep. And I could see a let's go conclude 2022. That way you started the year with a core Pokemon and now you're going to end it with that more casual Pokemon. It, you know, it just, it complements each other. Yeah. Now they could very easily not have a Pokemon to end the year, as we mentioned, but I'm, I am anticipating that we see like a let's go to happen. I think we will. Uh, We'll get something. Let's go to or Pokemon No or something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, Pokemon has always kind of been that constant for Nintendo. And if they can have two this year, I mean, it'd be pretty big for them. I mean, imagine having a 15 million seller with Arceus right. and then having a 20 million seller with like a Let's Go 2. Yeah. Or maybe even another 15 million seller with Let's Go 2 to end the year. I mean, 30 million pieces of software move between two games and that's man that's pretty big and that that translates into uh hardware sales as well of course so i mean yeah i mean you know that that would be a monster year for pokemon if if that happens and i could see it i could definitely see it that they are preparing a another release for the end of this year um Mm -hmm. let's go to definitely tracks uh but i agree that it's probably not a gen 9 game that most likely will be next year. Yes, I agree with that. One of the franchises that has found a lot of energy on the Switch, and maybe you can credit Super Smash Brothers and Sakurai for this, is Fire Emblem. We had Fire Emblem, Three Houses, come on the Switch a couple of years ago. And in my predictions for 2021, I predicted that Nintendo would announce Fire a remake of Fire Emblem 4, also known as Fire Emblem and the ge- genealogy mm-hmm. of Holy War. Now, that didn't happen. But what I will tell you is, is that a remake of Holy War is in development. It will not release in 2022. I know I heard the whole Fire Emblem world sigh. <laughs> but the good news is, we will see a Fire Emblem in 2022, but it's going to be a brand new installment to Fire Emblem. It's going to be from the development team that did Three Houses. And from what I have heard of the game, it sounds very exciting. New gameplay concepts are going to be introduced. And the fact that they have more experience with the engine that they've used with Three Houses means we're going to get a higher quality product. Because when you look at Three Houses, the visuals are definitely a little, a little rough. Expected a little better on the Switch. And 
we're going to get a cleaner looking game with more ambitious gameplay. And this is definitely a title I'm looking forward to. And I think it's going to be announced in the first half of 2022. It will release probably in the summer months, similar to Three Houses. So you're thinking this will be... And I'm just, oh, I'm just, I'm using the February direct, but I mean, we don't know if there's going to be a February direct, but the, right. the the first general direct of the year, we'll probably hear about Fire Emblem. Yeah, that's my, that's my expectation. Right. Because if they try to mimic the release window that they have at three houses, I think waiting till E3 is far too late because you, you'd probably slot this game in for late July or August and you want a little longer of a marketing cycle than three months. Yeah. Want to build up some anticipation for the game and such. And I mean, Fire Emblem is becoming one of Nintendo's bigger franchises. This is no longer that niche game that bombed on the GameCube and almost killed the franchise. This is actually an iconic franchise in Nintendo. This is important. Mm -hmm. It sells two and a half, three million plus in copies now on the platform. It's becoming a meaningful rpg and i think nintendo is really ready to leverage that and the fact that you know you're going to have a new fire emblem this year and then you're going to have a remake of fire emblem holy war likely for 2023 that's pretty big it shows they're committing resources to it and holy war was never released outside of japan so for them to revisit that type of title and bring it to a worldwide release on the Switch. It shows Nintendo is re- ready to take Fire Emblem seriously, and they want to make it one of their pinnacle franchises moving forward. Yeah. Now, a lot of what we've predicted up to this point, you could tell is confirmed titles, and some was based on educated information. But there's plenty of predictions that we're going to make now that are just predictions based on hopes, dreams, and wishes. <laughs> and we'll stay on Nintendo. What are some of the games from Nintendo you think have potential of coming out this year that we haven't mentioned yet? We've had the analysts come out and say Mario Kart 9, Mario Kart 10, whatever number it is at this point, depending on if you count Mario Kart Tour as 9 is in development. That's not a surprise. I mean, of course, there's a new Mario Kart in development. Nintendo's not going to abandon that IP anytime soon. And it will have a new twist for its gameplay. Every Mario Kart has had a new gameplay gimmick dating back to Mario Mario Kart 64. Yep. Are you expecting Mario Kart to be announced in 2022 or released in 2022? No, neither of those things. I think the analyst that predicted it or or talked about it i mean look it's it's so general to say that a new mario kart game is in development of course there's a new mario kart game in development but i believe that whatever we'll see next from mario kart will release itself with alongside of new hardware but it'll most likely be a cross-generational game so I don't expect to see Mario Kart 9 this year. Um, I don't know if we'll even see it next year, to be honest with you. But whenever whenever new hardware of Switch 
well, whenever the next generation of Switch hardware drops or the next revision of Switch hardware drops, we'll see a new Mario Kart game. We'll be back after a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomized genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that owl has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. See. This is one of those topics. I saw the news. It was kind of like, I don't want to call it news. Well, I saw the prediction. It's not news. And and honestly, like, <laughs> I, I'm going to I'm gonna rant here for a second, Nate. So just, I apologize. But people that were running this story as news, were, I mean, I get it. It's, it's, it's January and it's, you know, there's not really much going on right now in video games. You know, most companies are just now getting back into the office. This is like week two of, of the year. But, you know, a a analyst predicting a Mario Kart 9 game, that's not a new story. That's I mean, that's that's just kind of common sense, really, isn't it? I mean, am I, am I off base here? I just don't feel like there was right. really much to talk about there. Like, of course, there's a Mario Kart 9 game being developed. We know that, you know. Yeah, I, I feel as though it was definitely taken in a bigger way than it meant to be, like, for someone to say, hey, there's a new Mario Kart with a new idea and a new twist. I, I think that's come that's what you expect from right. Mario Kart, right? Yeah. I mean had he given us the twist, yeah, that's news. If he gave us the twist and said it's coming this year, yeah, I'd say, okay, well, that's that's interesting. You know, you've obviously heard something um inside that that you know many of us don't haven't heard about, we don't know anything about. But I mean, if you're just saying there's a new Mario Kart game in development and it has a twist, and and then just put a period on the end of that sentence, then it's like, okay, well, thank you, yeah. Mister Analyst. But I mean, is that really news <laughs> at the at the end of the day? I don't think it is. See, I mean, we're definitely we're on schedule for the Mario Kart team to announce whatever they've been working on because their last game was Arms. Mm-hmm. That was a 2017 game. They had some assistance with Mario Kart Tour. But it's about time that they did introduce what they've been working on. So for them to announce a game in 2022 definitely fits the schedule that we typically see from them. Yeah. I mean, I personally would love for them to put out ARMS 2. It'll never happen. Nobody likes ARMS but me. And oh that's a, I think it's a great game. damn shame. I mean, I put a hundred hours into that game. I still play it. And I'd rather see a sequel to arms that really builds off the foundation that they laid with the first game so they can take it into new directions and make it a meaningful franchise for them moving forward than to see a brand new Mario Kart. Because even as the analysts mentioned, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe continues to sell. I mean, it's printing money for Nintendo. Yeah, I mean, I am still surprised that Nintendo 
has not looked at the success of the title and said, let's make DLC. Right. I mean, <laughs> I agree. Why wouldn't you? You, yeah. you have a game that sold well over 30 million copies. It's nearing 40 million copies. Why have you not made DLC? But that's a topic for a different day. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if a new Mario Kart was announced this year. I do not anticipate that one would release this year i I think i think you're right i think an announcement that a new mario kart is in development like let's say they 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 announced that there was a new mario kart in development at a3 you know Mm -hmm. that would be a pretty hype announcement right and they just kind of left it at that hey we're working on a new mario kart game um more to come stay tuned (laughs) right i mean that's that's a pretty big announcement given the fact that the game is is a bestseller on on the switch and everything so yeah, I could, I could see that, uh, but I there's no way that I I feel like there is a Mario Kart Nine game coming out this year on the Switch. I, I feel like whatever is next for Mario Kart is is new hardware. See, yeah, I agree with you there. And let's say it did come to the Switch, not necessarily this year. We'll say it was even the first half of next year. As long as the new Switch has backwards compatible support, right. Right. This could, but see that you run that risk where you can't capitalize on it with a double dip, mm-hmm. like you did with Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, because now by making it backward compatible, you're going to say anyone who just bought Mario Kart Nine, whatever, you bought it on your Switch. Well, now you can play it on that brand new Switch, and let's say you get extra bells and whistles just as a free upgrade. It almost goes against Nintendo's love to make you double dip and charge you a premium to charge you extra to get that version of the game. And Hey, it's good for the consumer. If we don't have to pay extra money, but I feel as though a release in 2022 just doesn't make any logistical sense to me, especially with some of the lineup that we've already laid out. Where do you fit in Mario Kart? Right. At some point, the lineup is too much. And Every year, I always see it on social media where people come out and say, this is going to be the best year ever for gaming. And when that is said, all of a sudden, all the good stuff you're anticipating got delayed. Gets to, and then uh, it's next year's the best year dude, of gaming ever. It's never the best year. I swear last year, everyone said the same thing in, in January because there was so much to be excited about. And well, yeah, you know, I mean, we had the PS5, Xbox. We were expecting God of War, Horizon, Gran Turismo, Gran Turismo 7. 7. None of those games are out. <laughs> no, they all got delayed. <laughs> you know, we were expecting Advance Wars to come out at the end of the year. You know, exactly. That, that, got, that got pushed. It's everything gets delayed. Next year, 2023 is already looking like the best year of gaming ever. Breath of the Wild 2 comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it feels like that's always the conversation is next year is going to be the best year ever. No. Everything gets delayed. Yeah. And like Mario Kart 9, I just don't see where it would fit into a release in 2022. Like, could they make it work? Of course. Nintendo, they can make any type of lineup they want. But I could only see an announcement. And even if it is announced, I almost feel like it would be end of the year announcement, not even like E3. See, that's why I feel like it's it's it, it's launches with a new system, Nate, because I feel like the next Mario Kart game has to be a clean break from Mario Kart 8. You know, like, yeah. Otherwise, you start cannibalizing, you know, your user base a little bit. 
I mean, most people that play eight are probably going to get nine, but there's probably a lot of people that are like, you know what? Eight is really awesome and I love it. I don't need nine. You know, what what do I need nine for? Eight is is fantastic. And that's a good point. I mean, if you really love eight, you could potentially look at the new concept of nine and say, I don't like that. I'm sticking with eight. Or you're that casual gamer and Mario Kart eight is meeting all your needs. You're satisfied. So you're not going to buy the new installment of the Mario Kart game. What if eight? What if nine is uh, open world? That's the twist, you know, like a Diddy Kong Racing, like a Diddy Kong Racing, which I think is great. Wow, but I mean, how will that? Don't, how will that be kind of perceived by by everyone? Don't give me hope. Don't give me hope. <laughs> I think it's Diddy. I think it's an open world oh, Diddy Kong Racing I mean, style. I've wanted that type of Mario Kart since Diddy Kong Racing. And we have yet to get it. That's the twist. You heard it here first. I hope you're right. So do I. I think a lot of people would actually be excited for that. It's either that uh, or a Prince NFTs. I don't know which one it's going to oh be. Oh, God, no. No, <laughs> don't put that in the universe. <laughs> Take it out. <laughs> I, otherwise, from Nintendo, I'm not really expecting much else from them in terms of, oh, well... You have to mention 3D Mario. Yeah. Do you think we see a 3D Mario? Maybe, I don't want to say a 2D Mario. I think 3D Mario, 3D Mario gets announced and shown at E3, releases before the end of the year, largely because of the movie. Yes. And uh, I'll say a tentative yes on that. I, I think so. Like the movie and a game this year is you know it has to be on the cards it has to be on the cards right like you can't drop the movie and not have something right next to it i mean if you want to if you want to do the ultimate one two punch this is it right here so yeah i i think there's there is something from 3d mario coming this year is it odyssey yes. 2 i don't know um but hopefully they take what they did with um the bowser's fury kind of engine that they they had uh-huh. there and they kind of expand on that because I thought I thought they were really onto something with that stuff but uh, we'll, yeah. we'll see what, what they do I guess now do you you think Nintendo could potentially you think they announce their future intentions with Donkey Kong in 2022 or do you think that's something that they wait until 2023 honestly Nate I don't know about Donkey Kong like does it even <laughs> fit into this year I don't know. Does it even fit into next year? What is happening with Donkey Kong? Like, I, I keep hearing about this. I felt like if if something was going to happen with Donkey Kong, it would have already happened by now. So I don't know, unless, unless you know, they're, they're holding it up their sleeve for a better time. I mean, what, what are we supposed to be getting from Donkey Kong? Are we getting a remaster of Donkey Kong Country? Are we getting a tropical freeze? I mean, what was happening here? <laughs> I mean, there has been a lot of chatter that there is a new Donkey Kong in development. The only uncertainty is whether or not it is a 2D Donkey Kong or a 3D Donkey Kong. That's kind of one of those questions that really hasn't been clarified. I've looked into it and I can't really get any clarification on it. Can't really get much beyond there is a Donkey Kong in development. But it seems as though the development may may have some correlation to the Donkey Kong section of the theme park. Right which I believe is slated for 2023. And 
that's kind of one of those cases where I don't know if they have to announce it this year if a release isn't, let's say, until the second half of 2023. You can easily wait. And every year when you look at Nintendo's announcement to release, they try to keep things as close as they can. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they get a little ahead of themselves with certain games, like Splatoon 3 was announced about a year in advance. Breath of the Wild 2 was announced half a century in advance. Uh, Metroid Prime 4 was announced during the Big Bang and still hasn't come out. But they typically keep things close to their chest. And just from the lineup that we've already detailed for 2022, it already sounds like they're going to have big and meaningful announcement and releases in 2022 that when you try to mix in a Donkey Kong, Mario Kart 9, you're adding almost too much cream to this cake. Yeah. It can't be that rich. Something has to give. Something's going to wait. Something will be in 2023 and not in 2022. And I mean, this is always that concern with predictions is that you kind of get a little too ahead of yourselves with hopes and dreams of what can be that you lose sight of what will be. Yep. And that's like, like even like Pikmin, Will Nintendo announce a Pikmin 4 this year? I don't anticipate so. No, I don't think so. There's no room for a Pikmin game this year based on everything we've just said. That's the thing. Like We're looking at a year with potentially two Pokemon games, Kirby, Splatoon 3, a Fire Emblem, Advanced Wars, Triangle Strategy, Metroid, Bayonetta 3, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, a 3D Mario. Wow. It's a good year for the Switch. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's a terrific year for them. I mean, the casual game in the first half of the year. I mean, that's a lot of quality releases. And there'll obviously be other things peppered in throughout the year. I mean, we're not even talking about any third-party stuff yet. This is just first-party output from Nintendo. That's a pretty big year already. And now if we go into some of the third-party stuff, one title that is definitely anticipated by a lot of players is... The sequel to Mario Rabbids. Now, I've seen Twitter accounts and social media accounts say that the game is coming in the first half of 2022. I am sorry to say that's not the case. Ooh. There Ooh. is a very realistic chance that Mario Rabbids 2 does not release in 2022 at all, that it will actually release in the first half of 2023. Yeah, I mean, this, this one kind of reminded me of Breath of the Wild too, based on the trailer that they showed us. Again, I just got the feeling that this game wasn't quite ready to come out this year. And Nate, I mean, you may be onto something that it may, it may push to next year. I definitely can see that happening with this game. Yeah, I've been led to believe it won't come out this year. There's the possibility... You know, maybe it finds its way in the second half, but then it runs into a it's kind of that situation of how close would Nintendo want it if they have a brand new 3D Mario game? And you can cite 2017 as an example of maybe this isn't a concern because you had Mario Rabbids come out and then believe it was August. Mm -hmm. And then you had Mario Odyssey come out in October. Yep. Two month gap. But I I'm not anticipating Mario Rabbids to come out in 2022 at this point based on things that i've heard it's disappointing because it does seem as though it's a very expansive sequel but if they need extra time especially in this covid era 
they need more time for polish and making sure the game is you know the best it can be by all means take that time and make the best product you can and other third-party games i'm i am anticipating in 22 are the final fantasy pixel remasters from square mm-hmm. yep i'm trying to see third-party stuff is always challenging especially when it comes to the switch probably see our you know a few late ports because switch likes to get those from studios like thq nordic right and bandai namco even square enix what's happening with house of the dead when are we seeing that i believe it's coming out in march hopefully we'll see it in march then because i've been waiting for that one for a while <laughs> we'll see what yeah, forever, I, forever entertainment's got for us i believe it's coming out in march yeah, that's definitely one of those titles I'm curious about. I want to see how they got light gun controls to a controller. So I have hopes for it because I love House of the Dead, but better have perfected this game. Um, Capcom. We've had the long rumors that Capcom has a Resident Evil in development for the Switch. Last year... I went on RGT85's channel and I shared that Resident Evil Outrage is no longer a project. Mm -hmm. Resident Evil Outrage also was never Resident Evil Switch. Resident Evil Outrage was a multiplayer, multi-platform game for PlayStation, Xbox, I believe PC. Resident Evil for Switch was was Revelations 3 or was supposed to be Revelations 3. The title may still be in development. The problem is it is a very elusive game. Details on it have been incredibly difficult to come by. It may still be in development if it is still in development. Do you think Capcom announces Resident Evil Revelations 3 for the Switch this year? Or do you think this is going to be one of those years where Capcom only releases the Monster Hunter DLC pack this summer for the platform? Ooh, asking the tough questions. I think I think there's no Resident Evil on the Switch this year, Nate. That's what my gut says. Hmm. You know, I think in the moment I agree with you. Just because it's been so difficult to get information on it that if it is an active project, they have done an incredible job keeping it well guarded. Mm-hmm. And when a project is this difficult to come by any information on, it kind of makes you wonder whether the project has been shelved or plans with it have shifted in some way. But I would love Resident Evil to be on, you know, switch with an original game. But it does feel as though maybe nothing in 2022. And I mean, that's the thing. 2022 for third party is difficult to really give some predictions. I mean, yeah. A lot of these companies haven't given the Switch exclusive software, meaningful exclusive software, to the point where you can kind of routinely expect it. Right. Now, I'm going to throw a curveball at you. All right. Here we go. It comes from Atlas. Does Persona Mainline make an appearance on Switch in 2022? I mean... Every I keep hearing that it's it's coming. <laughs> I keep I keep reading about it. I keep seeing videos about it. That yes, it's definitely a lock. 
I don't think it is. I don't think it's coming at all. I don't think Persona Mainline Ooh. makes it on the Switch this year. I think there is a reasonable chance Persona 4 Golden does find its way to Switch in 2022. I hope so. I hope it does. I think there's a good chance of that. As we know, for the first half of this year, we're going to have the Persona 4 fighting game, the name escapes my mind in this moment i think before the anniversary year concludes persona 4 golden is announced for the switch and playstation you heard it here first people Nate's predicting atlas, it. atlas has hyped up this anniversary for persona and they continue to say we have announcements leading up all the way till september of 2022 which I would anticipate is probably the timing when Persona 6 is announced as a PlayStation 5 exclusive. Mm-hmm. I think in the build-up to that, we're going to get Persona 4 for the Switch. I Maybe we hear about Persona 3 for PC, but I think Persona 4 finally arrives on Switch in 2022. I, uh, I don't think it's coming. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I feel like that game is never coming to the Switch. I don't know. I just there's been so much, so many rumors and talk about it, and ultimate disappointment. Um, but you know, they 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 might drop it, Nate. We'll we'll have to we'll review this episode at the end of the year and see how well we did on the scorecard. I guess. <laughs> Now, before we conclude this episode, I want to go back to the Breath of the Wild 2 in 2022. It's topic. not coming out this year. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to lay out the first party lineup that we have put out for Nintendo in 2022 as reasonable. Yep. Pokemon Legends, Kirby, Splatoon 3, a casual game that no one is going to want and people are going to laugh at when it's actually revealed. Is it Clubhouse Games 2? No, that would be amazing. I know. I was going to say, because I want it, if it is. No, this is a game nobody would want. Uh, (laughs) Advanced Wars, and then Splatoon 3 for the first half. Then moving into the second half of the year, have the new Fire Emblem, Metroid Prime HD Remaster, Bayonetta 3, Mm -hmm. 3D Mario, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Mm -hmm. Do you need Breath of the Wild 2 in 2022? No. I think I think I think you know the answer to this. You you do not need Breath of the Wild to given that lineup. That is a pretty stacked lineup and it is far and away better than last year. I I, I say you don't need it, you know. You could easily uh leave it out for next year. Now if I remove 3D Mario, do you need Breath, Breath of the Wild 2? Um well that that makes it tougher. But I still feel like you could you could get away without Breath of the Wild too. I think I think if you omit something like, uh, well, I mean, if there's no Pokemon game at the end of the year, um, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Let's go too. For- if if let's go, if there's no let's go too, if there's no Pokemon game end of the year Pokemon game, and there is like a kind of a a pretty sizable kind of gap um, mm-hmm. between releases, then yeah, I would say. Yes, uh, Breath of the Wild 2's absence would be sorely missed at that point. But I feel like Nintendo has enough here. 
that they could shuffle this around to make it work without Breath of the Wild this year. Uh, I mean, so, yeah, they, they've got they've got a lot on their plate here. So let's say let's say Breath of the Wild two, we're at E three. Mm-hmm. Nintendo slaps March twenty twenty three on Breath of the Wild two. Yep. Would you then say that opens the door for Wind Waker and Twilight Princess HD to be slotted in the second half of the year as that Zelda filler title? It, it yes, uh, and and that's that's a great point because, I mean, we feel pretty confident that they have those games up their sleeve. Yes, as something that they could drop. So yeah, I mean, I could definitely see them doing something along those lines uh, of giving us something Zelda related this year. See, that's the interesting thing with this year is that this kind of has that it has the overflow from COVID delays. These were games that were supposed to come out in 2021. Right. In some case, like Splatoon 3 was supposed to be a 2021 release. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 was supposed to be an end of 2021 release. These are now being fed into 2022. So you have this robust lineup of software where you're getting Fire Emblem, Splatoon, Xenoblade, Metroid Prime, all in a single calendar year. And it feels as though this is Nintendo's, potentially Nintendo's most consistent lineup since 2017. Where you're just one big release after the other. Yep. And that's what makes 2022 exciting in terms of Nintendo output. As we mentioned with third party output, you're going to get some releases here and there. Some are going to be, you know, high, high end quality, but they more or less stay on track for what they have been doing for the last five years. Nothing too surprising, but quality scattered in. And then you have indies, which, Always surprise. It's like when your it's like when your star quarterback gets injured and he comes off, right? <laughs> you can you've got enough here where you can you can fill the gap. You're, yeah, you're getting wins. You're getting wins either way. It's like when Mahomes gets injured, the Chiefs are still going to win without him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, why I just look at this lineup. If Breath of the Wild 2 isn't there, I don't feel as though the year is missing anything, especially if you have that 3D Mario to fill in that holiday gap. Now, if you don't have the Mario and you don't have a Pokemon in November, not having Breath of the Wild 2 definitely becomes a little more apparent because now you're ending the year with, and it pains me to say, you're ending the year with Metroid Prime, Panetta 3, and Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Right. And unfortunately, Somehow those three games are still somewhat niche in right. nature. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll just have to wait and see if they drop a Wind Waker announcement or, or something. Mm-hmm. You know, um, whether that'll tell us if we will see Breath of the Wild too. Because I mean, that's a pretty telling announcement. If we do get an announcement about Wind Waker HD um, at some point, maybe at yes. E3, you know, at that point you can probably say that Breath of the Wild two is not coming out this year. Um, yeah, the timing, the timing of a Wind Waker and Twilight Princess release would really indicate a lot because let's say those are announced in February and they're slotted in for June or even May, maybe even July. That would that would indicate that there is a reasonable belief that Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out this year. If it comes out later in the year, basically anytime later than September, 
then you kind of have to wonder of getting a little close to the holidays. It's a little on top of each other for them to slot in another Zelda game. That would indicate to me Breath of the Wild 2 is not in 2022. So those are actually two good barometers to use to gauge whether or not Breath of the Wild 2 will make this year. I agree. We have to look to the wind. Yep. <laughs> and I'd like to remind all listeners that they can get 20% off and free shipping with the code NATETHEHATE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code NATETHEHATE. That's one word, NATETHEHATE. Remember, it is a new year, no pubes in 2022 with Manscaped. And we can pivot into some of our Streamlabs questions for this week. And our first Streamlab comes from Foul Tarnished, who donated $3 and writes, Do you think Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster will come to the Switch in 2022? Yes, I do. Yes. We then had a dollar donation from Liam Warner, who writes, Have either of you played a Scribblenauts game? And do you think there will be another after Showdown? Apparently, Showdown didn't sell well, and the series hasn't really worked well off of the DS and 3DS systems. I have not played a Scribblenauts game. I never played a Scribblenauts game. In fact, I'm not sure if the developer is still in business. Or I think they, something happened with those developers. Um, whatever happened to you, Fifth Cell? They oh they are still active, and their last game was Scribblenauts Unmasked, a DC Comics adventure in 2013. Oh no, they put out Castle Hold for Windows in 2021. I would unfortunately say I think Scribblenauts has scribbled its last game. We then had a dollar donation from Liam Werner, who writes, Do you think Yoshi's Woolly World and Paper Mario Color Splash will get Switch ports now that the Switch has Crafted World and Origami King? Or is it possible they have just been replaced by those games? I believe it is the latter, and they were replaced by those games. Then had a dollar from Jackie G, who writes, I was thinking recently about the idea of system sellers. What are some games in the past that you bought new consoles just to play them? Oh, I've got a couple. Um, Mario 64, N64 was absolutely one of those systems for me. Mm-hmm. As soon as I saw Mario 64 in the magazines, I was like, yes, I need that. I need that console. <laughs> Final Fantasy 7 for the PlayStation. Um, I mean, I usually will buy a system because there is a game on that system that I want to play. Uh, in recent times, you know, with the Xbox Series X and stuff like that, probably less so as much these days because there wasn't really anything I would consider essential purchases. But even the Switch, you know, Breath of the Wild for me was a game that was like, yes, that's why I want a Nintendo Switch, yeah. you know. So mm-hmm. most systems I've bought over the years I've bought because there is a game that I've wanted to play on, that killer yeah, app game. Man. When I think back on like previous systems, I mean, I bought a I bought a PlayStation Three for Heavenly Sword. <laughs> yep, great. Game. And the PlayStation Three also just had a hundred dollar price drop around the time that was happening, so it was just good timing. Uh, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, I bought at launch 
because HD graphics, that was the that was a system seller. You, was HD. you were going to say Perfect Dark Zero, but you didn't want to say Perfect no. Dark Zero. I did get Perfect Dark Zero when I picked up my Xbox 360 with Quake 4, mm-hmm. Dead or Alive 3, no, Dead or Alive 4, and Call of Duty 2. And Perfect Dark Zero was the biggest disappointment I had ever played at that point. I popped that game in with so much excitement. I was like, yeah, Perfect Dark. And I was like, this game sucks. I played <laughs> Call of Duty 2 instead. <laughs> God, I hated Perfect Dark Zero. I know, it's so disappointing. I don't know what they were trying to do with that game. I remember shooting an enemy and just watching body armor fall off the character for like 25 seconds. I was like, <laughs> what is happening? I think they got really kind of tied up in the tech and forgot about the gameplay and what made Perfect Dark such a special game when it first came out. There was a lot wrong with Perfect Dark Zero. I try to revisit it sometimes too, and I'm like, it still sucks. I know. Sometimes you think maybe maybe I was harsh on it back in the day, but no, there's only so many times you can revisit the game before you're like, yeah, this game isn't very good. I remember... I had a friend who was reviewing games back then and they had played perfect dark zero with their review unit. I was like, is the game good? And they're like, no, it's really bad. And then GameSpot had put out their review and they gave it like a 9.7. I was like, ah, this guy's just a fool. The game's awesome. So I, that's the only reason I kept my pre-order because I saw this high review score and then it was terrible. Yeah. Oh, uh, I mean the, Wii. Wii Sports was the must was the system seller for me. Absolutely, I remember an Excite Truck. I remember playing the demo of Excite Truck at the store. I was like, "This is the greatest racing game of all time." Um, Breath of the Wild for the Switch, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, Halo for the Xbox, the original Xbox. Yes. Yep, Halo for the Xbox. Dreamcast was probably Soul Calibur for me. Or yeah, Soul Calibur. Um. PS2, I didn't get it launch. I got it the following year, and the first game I bought was The Bouncer. Interesting choice. I thought the game was longer than 35 minutes. <laughs> then I beat it in 30 minutes, and I was like, I don't have any more games. <laughs> so I traded it in, and I got Onimusha. <laughs> I, I got a PS2 uh, <laughs> later on as well, and I will tell you I got it when um, Metal Gear Solid 2 came Ooh. out. That was kind of the time for me to pick one up and say, yes, I need to get one of these now. Yeah, like I had the bouncer, beat that, traded it in, got Onimusha, beat that, traded it in, got um, Resident Evil Code Veronica X because I had the Devil May Cry demo. Mm-hmm. And then I bought Zone of the Enders because I had the Metal Gear Solid 2 demo. Those are some good gaming times. GameCube, I don't know why I bought a GameCube. Oh, I know why. I bought one for Metroid Prime. When it came out, I was like, yes, I need I need a GameCube oh. now. Before that, I, I was interested in getting one. There were some good games for it, but it wasn't until Prime had come out where I was like, I got to get one of these things now. So I think I bought the GameCube the summer after it had launched. I got Smash Brothers Melee. I got Super Monkey Ball. I Yeah, I got it the summer leading up to the release of like Prime and Sunshine. Mm-hmm. But Melee and Monkey Ball were really the reasons I had the GameCube because Monkey Ball was phenomenal. But I had no problem waiting to get a GameCube because I had the Xbox. I was playing Halo. The GameCube just waited. I didn't have money. So. Yeah. <laughs> N64 had better a, anyway. 
It's true. The N64 is better. Goldeneye. Perfect dark. Damn. Then had a $100 donation from the Zelda Sensei, who writes, 2022 is going to be a great year for all players. Happy New Year. It's definitely going to be a good year for Nintendo as long as no significant delays occur. And the Zelda Sensei is the first dedication for this episode. Then had a $5 donation from Sign Smelled, who writes, What happened to Ninja Gaiden playing the trilogy? And it's still the best action franchise out there. You made a comment about Game Pass coming to Switch, with GoldenEye coming to Xbox and Perfect Dark rumored to Switch. Will Game Pass come to Switch on Game Pass? Thanks. I don't know no if one, Game Pass is going to come to the Switch. I mean... They were definitely intense, but that's what happens with plans. Yeah, um, and we're probably going to cover GoldenEye and, and all that stuff in a future episode as well. So keep listening. Yes. Yes. Golden Eye will be in a future episode where we discuss what is happening with that. As for Ninja Gaiden, no one knows what's happening with Ninja Gaiden. I mean, it used to be a highly anticipated and hyped franchise. Then Ninja Gaiden three came out. Yeah. I mean, I think once Itagaki left or was fired from, um, Tecmo, uh, I mean, I think, you know, oh, sorry, Team Ninja, not Tecmo. Uh, you know, I think after that, everything just kind of fell off the rails a little. Yeah, I mean, they did Razor's Edge, which seemed to fix some of the flaws of Ninja Gaiden 3, and it seemed as though maybe they had a foundation to move forward, but they haven't done anything. I think they're just trying to reboot it and really take it in a new original direction that excites, and they're just uncertain as to how to do it hopefully ninja gaiden does make a meaningful comeback and with a new direction but you know one day we'll find out maybe then had a three dollar donation from afro Ahmed, who writes happy new year boys you guys along with grub and mike mcnaughty are the best in game podcasting thank you appreciate it for my question I'm a little concerned we haven't gotten a release window for Shredder's Revenge. Do you think this title could slip into 2023? No, I think it's coming out this year. I, But I mean, I just don't know when we will see it. I think if I was to guess, and I am strongly saying guess because I have zero knowledge of what's happening with this game, I would say probably... Sometime in the first half of this year, April-ish, maybe. Um, I, I think the game is is on track and it's it's coming out uh, this year. April. Yeah, see? See what I did there? But um <laughs> What do you got first where it is, Nate? Surely it's coming out say, this year, right? It has to be. Yeah, it has to come out this year. I would say by June. Yeah, I I I, I agree. I don't think there's any cause for concern. Shredders is a game that I probably it's it's on my like top three most anticipated games for this year, so yeah. I, I I can't wait. I don't really feel like it's it's in any danger of slipping out of this year unless something catastrophic has occurred um, with with the development <laughs> of that game, and I don't believe that to be the case because I mean we've already seen some quality work from from those guys. So yeah, it, it's coming. It's just a matter of yeah. when they announce it. Yeah, I think. I mean, the only reason I think 
if there's any meaningful delay or maybe it's coming a little later than originally planned is that they're just enhancing what they want to do with the game and just make it really special for Ninja Turtle fans. Then had a $3 donation from Matanume. writes, what are your thoughts on Oni, Bungie's forgotten cyberpunk anime art style game? This is a fine game example of insane crunch. Thanks, Take Two. And still missed the Christmas deadline, but it got shipped and there hasn't been a game quite like it. Oni is one of those games I always saw for the PlayStation 2 whenever I went to a store and I never bought it. Same. There was just something about it that never appealed to me. But now that you mentioned Insane Crunch uh, and and everything like that, I, I'm kind of interested in the backstory, so I may actually read into it a little more. Yeah, I remember that. had a nice cover. It was like silver. She was sitting there holding the gun. Mm-hmm. And I would look at the back and it'd be all blocky. Yeah. Well, you know, polygonal character. I was like... Nah, even after I played Halo, I was like, oh yeah, Bungie had a PS2 game. Still never bought it. It was like four dollars. I was like, nah. Yeah, never never checked out Oni. Then I had a five dollar donation from Manoyo82. Said, I'm breaking the message into two donations. Hey Nate and MVG, I've been a fan of the podcast for a while and finally have a question to ask. Recently, I've been hearing rumors of a new Sly Cooper game. And that has started development over the summer, but I haven't seen any sources I trust cover it. I've been following Sly since I was a kid, and I've seen quite a few fake Sly 5 leaks. So I'm trying to not buy into rumors, but it's a bit hard. Have you guys heard anything about a new Sly game starting development? I I have not. I was going to say the same thing. I have not. I don't think... The rumors that you may have been reading about are are warranted or or factual in any way. I don't think there's a Sly Cooper game being developed. My thing with the rumors is I'm more curious as to who is the developer of this title. Because when Sly Cooper 4 was in development for the PlayStation Vita, it was Sanzuru Games. And they made a fine product, but the title... I don't know if it really captured the essence of what made Sly Cooper Sly Cooper. And if I'm Sony, I don't know if I see value in Sly Cooper right now. Out of uh, out of all the mascots, is Sly Cooper really the one that people are eagerly awaiting a new game in? I would love it. I would love to play a new Sly Cooper game, especially with like the Ratchet and Clank style visual approach. Because that would look awesome. I just don't know what developer you give it to. I don't You're not going to go to the original team because they did Ghost of Tsushima. I, I put Sly Cooper in the same place as Silent Hill, Nate. I don't think it exists. <laughs> but Silent Hill does exist. Does it which though? Which means Sly Cooper 5 exists. Sly Cooper doesn't exist. <laughs> What should be announced at a state of play in like a month? <laughs> <laughs> like Sly Cooper Five, shit, and right after Sly Cooper Five, Silent Hill, shit. I'm, I'm, I'm quitting Nate to hate if that happens. <laughs> Everything I said didn't exist. Just gonna announce at the same show. Like, what do I do? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Like, I've, I've seen. I'm, 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 I'm googling Sly Cooper right now, and the first 
the first uh I'm not going to say the name of the website but um the first hit that you get is a website that we'll say doesn't doesn't have a great track record as far as leaks and rumors we'll put it that way and that's enough for me to just to say this this is not real see my thing i just don't know if sly cooper fits with sony's current trajectory like ratchet and clank happens because it's ratchet and clank is sony's kirby yeah they know they're going to get consistent sales they know they get a quality release from insomniac but it also doesn't take away tons of resources from insomniac to do bigger projects like spider-man or the upcoming wolverine so it's just kind of that stay that steady release of hey we need that you know three five million seller is a new ratchet and Clank. sly cooper at this point is an unknown entity yeah i agree i just don't know what you do with it i mean uh, i'm looking at i'm looking at um sales numbers sly you know it's sold according to uh one website i'm looking at Sly 4 sold 580,000 units worldwide. And the Vita version sold 270,000 units worldwide. I mean, it would be very difficult, I think, based on those numbers to do a pitch to Sony and say, we want to make another Sly Cooper game. And here's why. Uh, So, yeah, I I don't know. I, I don't feel like this is a thing. I mean, that's the thing. Sly Cooper Thieves in Time came out in 2013. In 2014, Sanzero Games said they are not developing a future Sly Cooper game. And the current rumors suggest that neither Sucker Punch nor Sanzero Games are involved in the production of Sly Cooper 5. I just don't know who internally at Sony you would give Sly Cooper to at that point. Right. The only two teams that have any experience with the franchise aren't involved. And Sony's closed down their fair share of studios. They've abandoned Japan. I mean, is Team Asabi going to do Sly Cooper? I wouldn't anticipate so. Mm -hmm. And I mean, according to the rumors, it's very early. And that was as of last summer. So, I mean, even if there was one, we're looking at what? Maybe another two and a half, three years until it's actually announced which would put it 12 years since the last Sly Cooper release. Yeah, absolutely. Ah. I mean, it, it just doesn't feel right. Uh, it's the 14th bestseller on the list of Sony franchises. Um, Jack and Daxter's 10th, you know. Um, Hot Shots Golf is, is, is higher. <laughs> Infamous is higher. Spyro's higher. Crash Bandicoot, God of War, Ratchet, Uncharted, Gran Turismo, you know, the heavy hitters. I mean, but, you know, I guess an argument to to say Sly Cooper may be coming is Twisted Metal is is getting a uh, a rebirth right and uh, yes that was never a massive seller um, I mean it sold five million I think in total in in the U S but it's also a franchise that you know has been dormant for a long time so you know maybe I mean Sony sometimes they go back in in their catalog and and, and revisit some old franchises but I don't know. Sly for See, me doesn't exist. Yeah. Like Sly Cooper, 
Sly Cooper, when I think of it, it's I love those games. They are they were a lot of fun, especially back on like the PlayStation 2. It's when Sony was trying to come up with their mascot. They need they wanted something to compete with like the Sonic and the Marios. So they had Ratchet and Clank, Jack and Daxter, Sly Cooper. But now when I think of like you brought up Twisted Metal, Twisted Metal is still kind of that franchise that when you think of PlayStation, you think of yeah. Twisted Metal. It has that brand recognition to PlayStation. Sly Cooper doesn't have that. It really never had the chance to become that. If it is to have like, let's say if there is a new Sly Cooper in development, it's not going to be Sly 5. This is going to be a full-on reboot, ground-up, new direction for Sly. It's not going to follow what Sucker Punch had laid out with the franchise. It has to be a complete start over. Yeah. But, yeah, I have nothing to suggest one way or the other that a Sly Cooper is in development. MVG says it's fake, like yep. <laughs> Silent Hill. Yep, it's, it's in the same bucket. <laughs> and our last donation for the night comes from Matanume, who donated $2.39 and writes, MVG, I overheard you say that you are not oh, no. fond or in favor of the Switch remake of Link's Awakening. How come? As much as I still love the Game Boy Color version, I can also appreciate the art style and more control of the Switch version. Perhaps it's the pricing. I really... Maybe I didn't... It, it didn't come across the right way or it was missed. You know, I, I didn't say it in the way that I was thinking about it. I do like the Switch version of Link's Awakening. I think it's a fine version of the game. I like the graphical style as well. I know some people didn't. I thought the graphical style was great. I just really think that the original Game Boy version is perfection. I mean, it, it is absolutely perfection in my opinion. It is beautifully crafted the pixel artwork is just phenomenal and if i had to put the two of them next to each other i would pick the original version and that's as simple as that that's not discounting or disrespecting the the new game which i think you know gresso did a fine job on i like it a lot but i just i love the original version it's something that i i will always go back to and play over the the uh the remake I did have one gripe with the Switch remake, and it was actually the controls. Mm-hmm. Why can't I use a D-pad? Yeah, there were a couple of things with the newer version that I had gripes with. The frame rate was was obviously something as well that anytime you'd walk into a new area of the game, it would get really choppy as it was, I don't know what it was doing, compiling shaders <laughs> or something, and then it would fix itself. And... I felt like Grezzo could have patched that and fixed that and it never came. And I thought that was a little bit of a miss as well that it really could have locked in that frame rate. See, like I never, I had never played the Game Boy original. So my first experience with Link's Awakening is the Switch game. Mm-hmm. And when I couldn't use the D-pad, I'm like, this game really should have D-pad control options. So it's kind of weird that it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I, I I enjoyed the game for what it was. I could definitely see how it was probably that revolutionary release for the Game Boy when it came out in the mid-90s. 
I almost kind of wish I could go back in time and play it as a kid on a Game Boy. Yeah. But, I mean, regardless of how you play it, it's a quality game. It's definitely, it's definitely a product of its time, though. With some of the puzzle, yep. it's like, it doesn't even tell you how to go about it. So it's like, right. you have a honeycomb and a stick. Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay. And then I just happen to come upon a bear who's like, give me a stick. I'm like, well, I luckily have a stick. Here's the key you need to get to that dungeon. Like, how was I supposed to know this? And I know that's how games were back in the day. And maybe it just shows like how modern gaming has kind of warped my mind where I no longer think that way. But some of the puzzles in the game were so obtuse. I was just like, why would I know I need to get the berry from this bush to give to this guy with the mustache who's going to give me the honey for the bear, who's going to give me the key to this dungeon where I'm going to get this sword to stab that? Yeah. Nothing tells you you're going to do it. That's that's I'm- true. I mean, there's definitely quality <laughs> of life things about a game of that era that, you know, it's it's hard to to bring to a modern audience. Um, yes. And I, I do agree with you that... Uh, Sometimes it's not intuitive as to what you're supposed to do or what your next step is. But I think the thing about Zelda games is you you just, you know, you talk to an NPC or something and they'll always kind of give you a hint about what you're supposed to be doing next. And, you know, you're kind of on your way there. But yeah, it's, you know, I think they did a fine job with with the remake as best they could, but it could have just used a little bit more polish, I think, just a little bit more. And I would have liked a little bit more. But I, I just, you know, for me, the original game, like I said, is perfection. It's, you know, it's mm-hmm. links. Link to the Past is probably my favorite Zelda game and one of my yes. favorite games of all time, let's be honest. But, man, I remember when Link's Awakening came out, I was like, these guys are, you know, Nintendo are, are absolute wizards because they've they've essentially made a game almost as good as Link to the Past on this minute, you know, little um, handheld system, the Game Boy. And I just thought it was absolutely incredible at the time, you know, when the game came out. See, Link's Awakening on the Switch, because I hear such high praise of the Game Boy original, it kind of reminds me of how I may potentially feel if Nintendo ever went and remade Link to the Past. I feel as though you're going to lose something in that transition. Right. And that's what I don't want to see happen because Link to the Past is held in such high reverence that even if you do a fantastic remake, you still run that risk of is something going to be off, be it the visuals, maybe slight performance, controls, minor changes. And, you know, it's the purest in us that are going to critique that type of thing. But that's where I look at like Link to the Past and say, you leave it alone. If you're going to remake it, you have to do it perfectly. Nothing can be lost in transition, be yep. it music, visual, the art, anything like that. But luckily, there's enough older Zelda games that if Grezzo needs to find a project to remake, they can always look to like the Oracle games and do something like that. Yeah, and they're, they're very fine games as well. And I, I would love to see those come to a new audience as well. Yeah, absolutely. Those are games that probably deserve some recognition in the modern gaming environment. And that was the last Streamlabs link 
or Streamlabs question for this episode. If you'd like to donate and support the channel, we have a Streamlab link in the description below. Donate any dollar amount, ask a question. We will answer it at the end of the episode. Donate $100 or more. We will dedicate the episode to you. And today's episode, once again, is dedicated to Shamsa and the Zelda Sensei. And I'd like to thank my co-host, MVG, for joining me as always. Always a pleasure, Nate. Thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure having you. And until next time, continue to embrace the hate.